The Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. What a beautiful, beautiful psalm. One of my favorite psalms in the book of Psalm. Uh, You know, we as human beings have never had it so good. And you know what we still do? We still complain. And we complain a lot. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. How many of you can say, yep, I'm guilty too? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so... um, but you're getting a little ahead of me there with the outline uh, there. Uh, but uh, we, we want to uh, make sure that we're grateful and that we not fall into the trap of uh, being ungrateful. The title of the Bible study tonight, the message, is Avenues of Gratitude. Let's pray. Lord, help us to take this truth about being grateful. And Lord, examine our hearts. And then, Lord, leave here determined that even beyond the Thanksgiving holiday, we'll cut out the complaining and will become people that are thankful, people that are grateful. You are such a good God, and even our problems are meant to bring about good. And so, Lord, help us to have a clear uh, sight of it. And then, Lord, help us to take our gratitude and turn it into actions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Forgive me when I whine. Today upon a bus, I saw a lovely maid with golden hair. I envied her. She seemed so gay, and how I wished I were so fair. When suddenly she rose to leave, I saw her hobble down the aisle. She had one foot and wore a crutch, but as she passed, a smile. O God, forgive me when I whine. I have two feet. The world is mine. And when I stopped to buy some sweets... The lad who served me had such charm. He seemed to radiate good cheer. His manner was so kind and warm. I said, it's nice to deal with you. Such courtesy I seldom find. He turned and said, oh, thank you, sir. And then I saw that he was blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes. The world is mine. Then walking down the street, I saw a child with eyes of blue. He stood and watched the others play. It seemed he knew not what to do. I stopped a moment. Then I said, Why don't you join the others, dear? He looked ahead without a word, and then I knew he could not hear. Oh God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears. The world is mine. With feet to take me where I'd go, with eyes to see the sunset's glow, with ears to hear what I, would, what I would know, I am blessed indeed. The world is mine. O oh God, forgive me when I whine. Hey, Christian, when was the last time that you bowed your head and you thanked God for these things that we just take for granted? We take for granted. 
When was the last time you thanked God that you had eyes that could see, ears that could hear, feet that could walk, hands that could feel, a nose that could smell? Amen? The five senses we take for granted, but do you know how much your world would be changed if you lost even one of them? Oh, we focus on what we don't have, and we take for granted for what we do have. A few minutes ago when we asked for uh, you, some of you to give uh, a, a, a praise to God or express something you're thankful for, some of you said how thankful you were for your health. Do you know that our bodies are such complex um, uh, things that uh, there are all sorts of voluntary and involuntary uh, uh, things happening within the biology of our body? We have systems, bodily systems that work together in perfect harmony and allow us to go. We breathe air in and out of our lungs and our body takes blood into one chamber, sends it into the, uh, uh, into the lungs where, uh, uh, where uh, the toxins are taken out of the blood and exhaled and oxygen is put into the blood and then it enters into another chamber of the heart where it's then dispersed throughout the body, and then that which uh, isn't exhaled is uh, then eliminated through the excretory system. And uh, my goodness, all of this happens uh, over and over and over again. And we have a body that works and functions, and we are so blessed with so much to be grateful for. Even if you have family that's betrayed you, even if you have um, uh, hurt in your life, even if you have no money in great debt, even if you have much that you can point at that's not good in your life, you still have a God who loves you, you have a church you can come to, uh, you have friends here that care for you, you have salvation and a heaven that awaits you. Aren't you glad this evening uh, that you know God and that God knows you? Amen? Amen? Amen. I believe that we live in a time where we've never had more, materialistically speaking. I also believe that there has never been a generation that is as ungrateful as this one. Why is it that we can have so much, yet still complain all the time? Let me tell you why. Because it is our sin nature that no matter how good we have it, we still find a way to complain. You know, um, I went and visited Miss Betty Olson some time ago over at Lord Chamberlain. This would have been before the virus. And, you know, she's uh, not, at the time, she wasn't really able to feed herself, she wasn't able to walk much. She didn't really have a whole lot good going for her. So I went there to be an encouragement to Miss Betty Olson. And you know what happened? Miss Betty Olson was an encouragement to me. Miss Betty Olson is well into her 90s and her body is breaking down and uh, her children have to watch after her. One after the other, they rotate in to take care of mom and Boy, the Olsen children are just wonderful at loving and honoring uh, their mother there, even though it wears them out. But Mrs. Olsen's spirit, Mrs. Olsen's testimony is tremendous. I remember I said to Miss Betty, I said, what can I pray for you about? And she said, pray that the Lord would help me to be a better Christian. Ninety-six years old. Pray that God would help me 
to be a better Christian. I said, if she can grow in the Lord at 96, then I can grow at 36. Amen? We all can grow. Uh, Tonight, we're going to turn to the 100th Psalm. It's a psalm of uh, gratitude and thanksgiving. And we're going to see how that there are avenues of gratitude. Hey, listen up here now. Listen up here now. It isn't just enough to feel gratitude. Our gratitude needs to take form. Our gratitude needs to take shape. The title of the message this evening is Avenues of Gratitude. This is how you take your gratitude from a feeling and you turn it into actions. And we're going to look at five different thoughts about how we can turn our attitudes into actions this evening. Notice, number one, we should express uh, gratitude with our song. With our song. Look with me at Psalm 100 and verse number 1. Psalm 100 and verse number 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All right, how many here would say, Pastor, that very well describes my singing. It's nothing more than a joyful noise. Would you raise your hand? You say, I can't sing very well. My singing is a nothing more than a joyful noise. Hey, David said, whether or not you can sing, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Every land of the earth where the gospel has gone and reached and touched hearts and touched people, boy, those nations, those lands should rise up and make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Hey, did you know that it is a command in Scripture for you to sing to God? It is a command for you to sing to God. Let me uh, just show you that it's not just in one spot. Turn to Psalm chapter 13. We're going to work from left to right here, back up to the 100th Psalm. Psalm chapter 13 and uh, verse number 6. Turn there with me if you would. And hey, those of you at home, we put the verses on the screen for you at home. It's a good idea to have your Bible out and don't use the verses on the screen. Flip through it in your Bible and hey, make notes and mark things up and take notes and uh, let's look at our Bibles together. Psalm chapter 13 and verse number 6 says, I will sing unto the Lord. Why? Because he hath dealt bountifully with me. He says, I, uh, the Lord has just poured a bountiful, uh, an abundance of blessings on me, and I can't help but sing unto the Lord. Look at Psalm 18 and verse number 49. Quickly, Psalm 18 and verse number 49. Uh, uh, let's look at our Bibles together. I want you to take it in every way you can. Psalm 18, verse 49 says, Therefore will I give thanks, give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing Praises unto thy name. How is it? What is an avenue of expressing gratitude to God? How do we give thanks? We do that by singing unto the Lord. Look at Psalm 57 and verse number 9. Psalm quickly. Psalm 57 and verse number 9. And by the way, tonight we're just looking at a small percentage of verses in the Bible that command us and tell us that if our heart is full of gratitude to God, we will by our very nature, by default, we will raise our voice and sing. Psalm 57, 9, I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. You know what David's saying here? I will climb on top of a rooftop. I will climb on top of a mountain. And I will make my voice loud and known so that everybody in every nation can know that I praise thee, O Lord. How about Psalm 68? 
and verse number 32. Turn over to Psalm chapter 68. There ought to be such an overwhelming gratitude that boils up in your heart that you cannot help but sing unto the Lord. Look at the 32nd verse of the 68th Psalm. Sing unto God, ye kingdoms of the earth. O sing praises unto the Lord, Selah, or think on these things. Sing unto God, sing praises unto the Lord. Hey, I love what Pastor Morales shared with us that two is greater than four. You say mathematically two is not greater than four. Well, yes it is because we can sing for the Lord or we can sing to the Lord. And it is greater to sing to the Lord than it is greater to sing for the Lord. And listen, uh, we ought to be so overwhelmed with love toward God that we just stop and sing to Him. We sing to our God. Uh, look with me at Psalm 92 and verse number 1. Psalm 92, just a few more here. Uh, Psalm 92 and verse number 1. There are times where I give us an abundance of verses because what I want to do is overwhelm the senses and just how much, just how high the volume is uh, on a particular topic. Look at Psalm 92, 1. The Bible says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. How about Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2? Look at, or rather, Psalm 95, verse number 1. Look there, just a, it should just be a page or two over, maybe even the same page. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. This is corporate singing. So we've seen private singing uh, for the Lord, private singing to the Lord. This is corporate. O come, let us collectively sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Look one chapter over. Psalm 96, verses 1 and 2. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless His name. Show forth His salvation from day to day. How is it that we praise God? We do it by singing unto the Lord. Hey, Christian, when was the last time that you broke out in song unto the Lord? Hey, I was convicted a few weeks back uh, in the height of the election season. I generally tune out politics for about three plus, three and a half uh, uh, years uh, out of an election season. And then six months, eight months leading into an election season, I turn up the volume so I can know what's going on or turn up the quantity. And you know what? I got convicted a few months back leading into the election season because I was listening to so much talk radio and so much news that I had turned off the Christian music and all of a sudden I could feel my spirit of gratitude beginning to turn sideways because I was turning up the negativity of the news and I had forgotten about the song. When was the last time that you were listening to Christian music or singing a Christian song and you could feel the joy of the Lord bubbling up in your heart and you could maybe even feel a tear trickle out of the corner of your eye as you thought about the goodness of God and what He's done in your life. I watch Christians in church and I love to turn around from my spot here and look at the church body and you say, well, why do you do that? Because I want to know who is singing and who is not singing. I see some people, they just stand there and they look like a bump on a pickle. We're singing and they just stand there. You say, bump on a pickle. Hey, I'm from the South, amen? That's a good old Southern analogy, all right? 
They just, they're not doing anything, all right? And uh, listen, uh, uh, we put the words on the screen here, and we have hymnals there for you if you can't see that. And uh, we want you to pick up a songbook or look at the screen and rear back and let her fly. Just sing. And you say, well, pastor, I can't sing. Then maybe turn the volume down just a hair. But sing all the same. And if you can't sing very well, uh, then and you want to sing loud, then hey, you sing loud. We're not in here to be professionals. We're in here to sing unto the Lord. Uh, what is an avenue of gratitude? Uh, we sing unto the Lord. You know, a lot of the music that the world offers us today, you know what it highlights? You know what it emphasizes? Watch this now. A lot of the music in the music industry today, it highlights self, sex, and sin. And you know what that music does not do? It does not express our gratitude to the Lord. You know what would be a good idea for you to do is get your hands on some good Christian music. You say, well, pastor, how do I do that? Where do I begin? See me after the service and I'll help you put the Spotify app on your phone and I'll give you some uh, albums or some groups that you can listen to. It's free and listen it's easy to get your hands on it and you can listen to it you say i don't have a smartphone see me i'll put some music on some cds and i'll give it to you for free but learn some good christian music and sing unto the lord how do we express our gratitude it isn't just enough one time a year to sit around the table at thanksgiving and eat turkey and 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 muddle out something we're grateful for oh no we ought to rear back and let it fly there have been times where i'm singing in the shower and I get singing in the shower, amen, and my wife is banging on the wall telling me to knock knock it down a couple of decibels, all right? Or maybe I just get singing in the shower, I'm singing some song, and it just, I get into a, a, a singing rhythm, and I'm going and going, and you know what? I run out of hot water. I drain the uh, hot water uh, dry, uh, the, the, the water tank there dry, and, and the rest of the family now, they're grumbling and griping. I say, where's your gratitude? It, it's time to sing, amen? And, and there are times where I'm riding down the road, and I'm singing to some song that's playing over the radio there, some Christian song, and, and uh, I look over, I'm at a red light, and I look over to the car to the left, and they're just staring at me. And I say, hey man, join in with me, let's praise the Lord together. But we need to put our gratitude to some song. Let me just encourage you uh, this uh, this evening. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know that I can sing in the shower. I don't know that I can sing in my car. And I don't know that I can do that. Start out, when we have corporate singing in church, start out by getting involved and singing aloud there and then take it to the next notch. I think of Paul and Silas who sat in the prison cell that night after they had been beaten and they had been thrown there unjustly. Mob rule had cast them into that Philippian jail and they were uh, laid, their backs were laid open and their arms and feet were in shackles. No doubt their arms and legs were falling asleep and blood circulation was not good. And the Bible says at midnight they prayed and they sang and God sent an earthquake. Even when they, it appeared they had nothing to be grateful for, they focused on the rock of their salvation and they sang and God did a great work. You say, does Paul have a good voice? Did they sing a melody in a harmony part? Oh, I have no idea. It's possible that they were both way off key and way off tune and the other prisoners wanted them to stop, but God heard it and God was pleased by it and God sent an earthquake 
earthquake. Uh, maybe it was to make them stop singing. I don't know. But God sent an earthquake that night and God opened up the prison doors and great things happened. So, my friend, tonight, it's not just enough to feel gratitude. We need to express it with our song. Number two, notice, we should express gratitude with our service. With our service. Look back with me at Psalm 100 and verse number two. Uh, Psalm 100, verse number 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Serve the Lord with gladness. Now, some of you are serving the Lord, but you're doing it with a mopey spirit. Patch the Pirate. Uh, Ron Hamilton, Patch the Pirate, puts out these children fiction uh, adventure CDs. And Patch the Pirate has a song he put out that I learned when I was a little boy and I made sure to teach it to my kids. It's about old King Ahab when he didn't get his way with uh, the vineyard there. It's called the Poochie Lip Disease. How many of you here have ever seen a child that has the Poochie Lip Disease? They don't get their way. They stick out that bottom lip. Yeah. I know some adults that may not stick out their bottom lip, but they still have the poochie lip disease. I got to go serve the Lord at the church again. Right? I got to go work that bus route. Stick that lip out. I got to go teach that class. Oh, here's one. Here, ladies, are you listening? I'm going to pick on the ladies for a minute. Miss Cheryl, you can pay me later, okay? Uh, I got to go work the nursery. Oh, the nursery. I bet that baby with the stinky diaper is going to be in there. They're going to make me change that diaper. Oh, the poochie lip disease. Right? I got to go play the piano again. Miss Bernice, I'm not picking on you. We had a bunch of pianists here. I've never seen Miss Bernice have anything but a positive spirit. Hey, you know what? We ought to be so overwhelmed by how God's grace has radically touched our life that it isn't that I have to work the nursery or I have to teach a class or I have to work the bus route or I have to mop or vacuum a floor. It's I get to do these things because I get to give back to a God who's given me so much. Turn to Joshua chapter number 24. It isn't just enough to feel a little bit of gratitude in our heart a couple of times a year and muddle out a, a praise in a church service or muddle out a, 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 a something we're grateful for around a, a, a turkey dinner. We need to make sure we take our gratitude and we show it through the avenue of singing and we show it through the avenue of, avenue of serving the Lord with gladness. Look at Joshua 24 and verse number 15 here. And listen, uh, by the way, here we find Joshua nearing the end of his life. They've conquered most of the promised land and they've divided up the land and, uh, uh, by tribes and they figured out where they're going to live and they began the process of uh, maybe building or rebuilding uh, some of the towns and they're getting settled in and they call the nation and the nation's families to one final meeting with Joshua and Joshua says, you have much to be grateful for. Now you need to go serve the Lord with that as the foundation. Look at verse 15. Joshua is speaking here, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood, or the God of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. Notice the leadership here from Joshua, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so he's saying, we're going to set the example, we're going to set the way. And then he challenges the people. Look at verse 16. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, He it is, look here at the gratitude expressed, that brought us up and, and our fathers out of the land of Egypt. 
from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us, uh, uh, preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among the people throughout whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Uh, uh, therefore, we will serve uh, the Lord, uh, for He is our God. And Joshua spake unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, uh, for He for He is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, and He will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that, He hath done you good. Uh, and the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. Look at the resolve here. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses again uh, against yourselves. that ye have chosen you, the Lord, to serve Him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, put away, saith He, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your hearts unto the God, Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and His voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, uh, and set them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak that was by uh, the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Behold, the stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. So Joshua, Joshua let the people depart, every man into his inheritance. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in timnath Sirah, which is, uh, which is in Mount Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Gaish. And Israel, look at verse 31. We see not only only the commitment, but the follow-through. Look at verse 31. And Joshua served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. Hey, White Oak Baptist Church, listen to me now. There's a lot of folks who are focusing on the politics of our country. Listen here, listen here. Our focus is in the wrong place. Now listen, some of you are all up in arms about the election, all up in arms in the moral depravity of our country, all up in arms in our future. Can I tell you, we need to take our attention off of that, and we need to refocus our attention. Watch this now. A strong nation is built on strong churches. You listening? Watch this now. Strong churches are built on strong families. We're all upset about how the nation's uh, 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 going to hell in a handbasket. How do you fix the nation? You fix the churches. How do you fix the churches? You fix the family. I think of some dad who has a dysfunctional home and he's griping and complaining about the leadership of our country. Hey, sir, you need to look in the mirror and ask yourself how you're doing as a leader at home. I think of some woman who's complaining about what's going on in our country. Hey, ma'am, you need to tidy things up in your life. How well are you doing leading your children and following your husband? If we want a country that is submissive to God, then we ourselves must be submissive to God and His plan. You, you see, my thrust in serving God with my life, listen, came from when I was a little boy 
it was made very clear to me how good God was in my life. How overwhelmingly amazing it was that God would reach down in His perfect form and touch me as the depraved, broken, lost, hell-bent, hell-deserving sinner, and He loved me enough to save me, and I thought to myself as a small child, if God can love me that much, then I can love Him back. And I can serve Him. And I can't just serve Him by working on a bus route. I'm not just going to serve Him by singing in a choir. I'm not just going to serve Him by occasionally attending a church service. I'm going to give Him my whole entire life. Now, God may not call you to be a pastor. God may not call you in a full-time Christian service, however He might. And if He does, you need to be willing to do it. God may not call you into those things. But can I tell you something? Uh, You are called into Christian service. It will be a happy day, and this goes more for probably the people watching online. I don't mean to pick on so many of the people watching online. If, if they could, they'd be here, all right? But to those that are watching online and you're very casual about your faith, and those of you sitting in here that are very casual about your faith, listen intently here. Church, it'll be a happy day when you learn to put church at the center of the hub of the wheel of your home and your life. Hey, you know what happens when we have church? You ought to be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And I'm, I'm going to say this here, and this, isn't gonna, this is going to make some people really unhappy. I'm going to say it anyway, not because I'm trying to make people unhappy, but sometimes some things just need to be said. If you can go to other stores and businesses that have similar protocols that this church has with Corona. Now, there, you, you, and if that's not the case, this doesn't apply to you. But I see people, they go to the store, they go to the mall, they go to the drugstore, they go everywhere else. They even go to work, but they can't come to church. If you're quarantining uh, only during church services and you're not quarantining any other time, you're not quarantining, you're backslidden. A lot of people are using Corona as an excuse just to skip church. You know what that isn't? That isn't serving the Lord with gladness. And those are people that show up to church only when it's convenient. I'm amazed. Listen here. I'm amazed at how Christians on the other side of the world put their life on the line to show up to go to a house church illegally, and we can't show up to church because we're afraid we might get sick. What's wrong with us? You can't stand for your faith against the virus. You think you're going to stand against it at at gunpoint? Now, if if God has called you and directed you and led you to stay home, you make sure you're consistent in that stand. And it isn't just church you're skipping out on. You say, well, I have to go to work. Then you go to work, but you make sure that you're very careful about that. I see a lot of people who just use this as an excuse to skip church. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're not serving the Lord with gladness. You're not serving the Lord with gladness. We're to serve the Lord with gladness. And, And listen, we express our gratitude when our service is sacrificial. Our service is sacrificial. What does it cost you? What does it cost you? We should express our gratitude with our service. All right, let me move on and cease to be controversial the rest of the evening. Amen? Number three, notice, we should express our gratitude for our shepherd. For our shepherd. Look at Psalm 100 and verse number three. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, 
and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Um, If it is true that no one knows a book better than its author, if it is true that no one knows a child better than his parent, if it is true that no one knows a computer program better than the computer programmer, if it is true that no one knows an invention better than the inventor, if it is true that no one knows a child better than his parent, if it is, uh, then it is true that no one knows you better than the one who created you. Aren't you glad that God intimately knows you? Amen? You guys okay? All right? Amen? All right, I've done upset a whole lot of people now. You guys all right? Some of you are sleeping on me here. All right. Um, it, it, is, it, is, it is God that knows us best. If He knows you better than you know yourself, then He knows what is best for you. If there is a discrepancy between what you think, watch this now, if there's a discrepancy between what you think is best for you and what God knows is best for you, then God is always right. God is always right. You know, we, we, we want to do what we think is best for us, even though it's contrary to what God wants. Notice that verse 3 labels God as our shepherd. Our shepherd. Take your Bibles over to Luke chapter number 15. You know, a shepherd never drives his sheep. But rather, he lovingly leads them. He lovingly leads them. Um, And when they stray from the fold, he does what he can to find them and bring them back. Look at Luke chapter 15 and verse number 3. And he... And he, Jesus, spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Hey, can I just say this to you this evening? I am so glad that in times of my life where I have lost my way spiritually, the Lord has never given up on me. He's gone and found me and brought me back. If you're under the sound of my voice this evening, whether it's here or at home, can I just say this to you? If you are one of God's sheep, that means you're saved. That means you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to save you. You know what that means? God's never going to give up on you. He's never going to give up on you. You know, in uh, Isaiah, the Bible says that God has the nations of the world on His shoulder, singular. And here it says that he puts that little sheep on his shoulders, plural. God only needs one shoulder to hold the nations of the world, but he puts both shoulders into recovering one who is lost. 
Boy, aren't you glad that God uh, always loves us. And listen, we are to express gratitude for our shepherd. When was the last time you got down on your knees and you said to God in prayer, Lord, I am so thankful. I am so thankful that you never, ever give up on me. There are times as a person I'm tempted to give up on folks. There are times where I have, I'll be honest, given up on folks. You know, I work and work and work and work with a person or a couple or a family, and I just can't ever seem to get them over the hump or uh, 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 on to the next thing, on to the next stage. And sometimes it feels like the harder I work, the more they digress and go the wrong direction. And I just want to give up on them, and I want to write them off and say, well, that person, no one can help them, and, and that's a hopeless cause, and let them go. And I have, I have to say, I'm thankful that even when Pastor Lejeune reaches that point where he feels that he can't help anyone anymore, that God... God never, ever, ever gives up. He just keeps on loving us. He's our good shepherd. And He looks after His sheep. We're to express gratitude because He is the good shepherd. Notice uh, number four. Part of my sermon outline didn't print here. Uh, Put the next slide up there for me if you would. Notice number four. We should express gratitude with our supplication. Turn over to Psalm 100 and verse number 4. Psalm 100, and uh, let's look at verse number 4 there. It says there, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Let me ask you a question. Christian, are you grateful when you enter into the presence of God? Um, Now listen, God is okay with you being raw with your emotions in His presence. Can I tell you, there are times I've gone in God's presence and just complained. And say, is that okay? Yep, sometimes it is. There are times I've gone into God's presence, and as soon as I entered into His presence, I just broke down and wept. I'm not a big crier. I don't cry very often. In fact, I sometimes go a couple of years or multiple years and I don't cry. But then there are times where I'm so overwhelmed by some burden in my life where I break down and I cry in the presence of God. But you know, those ought to be, listen here now, listen, those ought to be the exceptions to the rule. It ought to be that when I enter into the presence of God and I'm going to supplicate before God and pray on behalf of others that I enter into His gates with thanksgiving. I praise His name. I thank Him. Hey, Christian, let me ask you this question first. Do you pray regularly? I hope so. I hope you do. When you pray, how is your spirit? You know, one of the things that's really helped me when I've been in a complaining mode and I complain and complain and complain, you know what I realize is that my prayer life is really shriveled up. I'm not praying very much. So how do I fix that? I need to get my perspective right. I need to get back in the presence of God and start thanking Him. Whether you're uh, uh, actively coming to White Oak Baptist Church or you're playing it safe and staying home uh, through this, 
and uh, you're, uh, be, whether you're being consistent with your staying at home or not, can I just say this, that I am thankful that for everyone that has allowed me to have influence over them as a pastor. And I thank God for each of you on a regular basis. And I hope that you thank God for your pastor, even though he's far from perfect. I hope that you thank God for me, and I hope you thank God for each other, and I hope you thank God for the many good things in your life. But most of all, I hope you thank God for because He is who He is, and He's given us so much. You know, I had this thought some time ago. Here's the thought I had. If God had done nothing but save me, And that was the only good thing that ever happened to me. And then I lived the rest of my life and nothing else good happened. You know what? That would be enough. That would be enough. If tomorrow I lost my wife and my car and my kids and the pastorate and I had a Job type situation where it was all stripped away from me and I had nothing left except sores on my body to scrape out with pottery that I found at the city dump. And all of you came and dogpiled on me the way Job's friends dogpiled on him. You know, the reality is is that God would still be good. Amen? We should enter into His gates with praise. Hey, you know what? None of us that I know of are in the spot Job was in. And if he can fall down and worship God, we can worship him. We should express gratitude with our supplication. Hey, look, it it goes a whole lot further with God if we uh, praise Him and thank Him for who He is uh, before we ask Him for things than if we just enter into His presence saying, Well, God, my car broke down again. Uh, Well, you going to fix that for me or what? I lost another job. Sure would be good if you'd provide for me a job. And you know what? I don't have any food in the refrigerator, at least none that I want to eat. Be good if, you know, you just dropped some groceries on my front door. And God, you know what, my wife sure hasn't been very nice, or my husband sure hasn't been very nice, you ladies, and, and it'd be nice if you'd straighten out my spouse. Some of us, we enter into God's presence demanding things out of Him. I have caught myself at times when I'm praying for my food. By the way, you ought to pray for your food. Amen? I hope you're in the habit of praying before you put a bite of food in your mouth. Sometimes I catch myself eating without praying. Do any of you ever do that? You ever catch yourself eating without praying? Am I by myself on that? All right. Sometimes I get like three bites in, and I say, oh, I forgot to pray. And, you know, I'm like, I sure hope I don't, don't choke on what I'm eating, you know, because I didn't pray for it. And so I, like, leave the food unchewed in my mouth, and I'm like, and I'm, I'm praying for my food. And, you know, um, uh, we, ought to be, we ought to be grateful. We ought to be grateful for our our food that he's given to us. But you know what I found myself doing is I'll almost tell God what he's supposed to do. Watch this. Dear Lord, thank you for my food. Bless it to my body. Strengthen me with it. As though I'm telling God what to do. And you know, one time the Spirit of God convicted me about that. And he said, don't you tell me what to do. Why don't you try asking me? Dear Lord, would you please bless this food to my body? Would you please nurture me and strengthen me through it? And Lord, help me to serve you as a result of the nutrients I will get from this food? Boy, what a much better prayer to pray. 
Amen? Let's not be demanding on God. Let's go into His presence with gratitude. And you know what? When we find these avenues of gratitude and we are singing to Him and we're busy serving Him through the local church and uh, we're recognizing Him as our shepherd and we are supplicating in a spirit of gratitude, boy, we'll find that we're not just grateful the week of Thanksgiving. We're grateful year-round. One more notice. We should express gratitude for His sovereignty. For his sovereignty. Look at Psalm 100, verse number 5. The Bible says, For the Lord is good. And all God's people said, All God's people said, The Lord is good. His mercy, endure, his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth. To all generations. Turn over to Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. What was it that the psalmist here was saying, David was saying? Why was it that he was saying that God was good? Because he is a perfect balance of mercy and truth. And that these things are eternal. They're everlasting. They're without beginning and end. God's mercy and God's truth is perfect. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28. Now I just want to finish with a word of encouragement to you tonight. I hope you'll listen to this. Romans eight twenty eight. Some of you this year find it hard to be thankful because life hasn't been so good to you this year. You know, 2020 has been challenging. It's been challenging. 2020 has thrown a curveball at culture. And it's thrown a curveball at many of us personally. You know, I look at Bob over here who just got out of the hospital and had a close call with COVID. I look at uh, others of you around the room, and I'm not going to go into details because for some of you, you I know, but you don't necessarily want everyone else to know for it to be made public. But some of you right now, you're going through something really difficult. And, And, you know, that's right in your face, and you're having a hard time seeing how you can be grateful. How you can be grateful. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good. Look at the requirement here. To them that love God and to them who are the called according to His purpose. You know what we have a requirement to do, Christian? We have a requirement to love God. Do you love Him? Do do, do you really love Him? Are you devoted to Him? Are you living out the calling that He's put in your life? A couple of Sunday mornings ago, I told you that some people sit around and they're waiting for God's voice to show them His perfect will. And I reminded you that we don't need voices when we have verses. Are you obeying the known will of God and found in the Bible? Boy, when you are living out the calling and you are loving Him, that's not just our position but our disposition, then you know what we find? You know what we find? That all of the bad in our life, God turns into something really good. Something really good. And we can rest in the fact that God is sovereign. We can express gratitude for that. I finish with this. A few years back, I went through um, a very challenging time in my life. About a two-year stretch, 
I was thrown out of church ministry. And then I landed um, uh, back into church ministry in a voluntary position. And I haven't talked about this much publicly. Those of you in here that are married and been married for many years, you'll know what I'm talking about. But Angela and I, our marriage went through a very dark time. In about a two-year span, everything I had and everything I knew outside of my salvation was strained. And you know what? I remember Angela and I went to see a professional counselor. We sat in his office in Michigan. And uh, he had us open up and tell what was going on. And I remember looking at that counselor and I just said this. I don't want a divorce. I want to die. And I meant it. Now, I wasn't going to go out and take my life. But I would have been totally okay at that time if God had just taken it for me. You know, in that time, in that moment, I didn't understand a lot of things. I didn't feel like God was good. But I can look back now, all these years later, and I can tell you that God was good. And I can tell you that God is good all the time. Are you grateful tonight? How are you showing God that you're grateful? With our song, with our service, we express gratitude because He's our shepherd. We express gratitude while we supplicate. We can express gratitude for His sovereignty. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning or this evening. Lord, thank You for the 100th Psalm. David, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, did a wonderful job of telling us how it is we can be grateful. And Lord, tonight... I ask that all of us would evaluate our lives. Are we serving you with gladness or are we serving you out of obligation and duty? Are we singing praises to you or has our song dried up within us, our joy in our song? Are we supplicating out of a spirit of thanksgiving or are we coming into your presence with complaining? Oh Lord, help us to be people who trust you and your sovereignty. Lord, help us tonight to be people that are grateful. In Jesus' name we pray.